Hi, I'm Guy Powell, and welcome to the next episode of The Backstory on Marketing. If you haven't already done so, please visit ProRelevant.com and sign up for all of these episodes and podcasts. I am the author of the newly released book, The Post-COVID Marketing Machine, Prepare Your Team to Win. You can find more information on this at marketingmachine.prorelevant.com. Today, we'll be speaking with Lauren Abernathy. She is the Vice President of Marketing for the Braves Development Corporation for the Battery in Atlanta. Lauren Abernathy is VP of Marketing for the Braves Development Company and is responsible for the creation and implementation of the overall strategic marketing direction of the Battery Atlanta. She has over 20 years experience in program development, public relations, and strategic marketing for property management across the Southeast with the Simon Property Group, serving in various positions, including Regional Vice President of Marketing for the Mills, Director of Marketing and Business Development for Lenox Square in Atlanta, Georgia, and many, many others. Originally, she's from Jacksonville, Florida, uh, but has lived in Atlanta for 11 years. She's a graduate of the Mars Hill University in North Carolina, where she received a Bachelor of Arts degree in Communications and Public Relations and Art with a minor in Business Management. Welcome, Lauren. So nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Look so forward to talking with you. So tell us, uh, what is your backstory on marketing? How did you get into marketing? Uh, I started, I really was going to be an art major. And my mother was less than thrilled with that path in my life, um, really wanted me to get a job that didn't involve perhaps her supporting me, I think, um, and ended up in communications and marketing in college and really enjoyed it. So I worked for a nonprofit organization in the beginning and then moved along to mall marketing, so property management marketing, um, and really just that's what I love to do. I just thankfully found what I wanted to do very quickly. Um, and that's how I got here. Yeah, fantastic. And I don't know, I could imagine uh, marketing a mall or marketing a property is uh, is so different than any other kind of marketing. So tell us, uh, you're now with the uh, the marketing, the battery of Atlanta. Tell us what the battery is and tell us uh, what marketing is like there. Sure. So Battery Atlanta is 2.25 million square feet of basically, we call it live, work, play, stay, and cheer. So mixed use development. Um, we've got office, we've got residential, we've got a lot of entertainment options and restaurants. And then of course I have Truist Park as my anchor. So uh, in the mall world, you have a Macy's or a Dillard's and I have a ballpark. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely pretty cool. So we were there about a week and a half ago, and it was definitely uh, a lot of fun. We uh, ate dinner there, and then hung out for a little bit, and then of course went to the game, and and we won. So that was yeah. that was how could it be any better than that? <laughs> Perfect way to end a day here for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So how is it different to uh, uh, market a property? versus marketing, let's say, a product versus potentially even doing uh, some sports marketing? So I think that the biggest difference is, truthfully, at the end of the day, I don't sell anything. I, you know, as as a landlord, you know, we are marketing the property as an experience. Um, so you look at a traditional sort of ROI 
on a marketing program if you're selling a product and it's you know based on sales and you can track clicks through to your website and it really does change everything when you're selling sort of this intangible that is an experience um so i you know i talk the property as a whole i don't talk about specific entities within the property from a marketing perspective so it really is um, and an emotional connection with people and getting them to understand what the property is versus selling them, you know, a widget. Mm. Now, are you marketing to um, people that are going to be tenants or are you marketing to people that are going to experience or all of the above? All of the above. So we obviously do the leasing for the place. And so how we sell ourselves from a, as a great place to come do business um, while that is a lot of the experience as well, um, it's also a little more statistical and, you know, we talk in numbers um, about why you should leave space here. But then to the general public, and that general public is literally the entire general public, which is also different from product marketing, because you've got people straight out of college and you would market to those guys very differently then you market to, say, empty nesters who would come out and, you know, enjoy a nice dinner at Cielo's. Yeah, exactly. So uh, your audience is just about anybody that is looking for entertainment and then certainly yes. looking for entertainment. And then, of course, going to the Braves game and and stuff like that. And then potentially even special events, whether it's, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something that happens around the Braves or maybe even something that doesn't happen around the Braves. It could be off season or whatever. Yeah, we um, we say, you know, when this baseball season ends is when really our, our holiday season kicks off because we do a tree lighting and we do a New Year's Eve event for the community. We do farmer's markets throughout the year, Monday night yoga. Um, so there's always things that are going on that aren't just baseball. Um, and I know that the first year people really didn't quite understand the property. And I feel, you know, six years later, I don't feel like that's the case, but they just were like, oh, you're only open when there's a game. And it's like, no, that's a terrible business model. Uh, that's, that's not how the restaurants are operating. You actually can come out here 365 days a year. Yeah, that is uh, – and that, I, I think, is is kind of fascinating because then the draw is, is very, very different. So you have to get, get people there to do – you know, to come for the experience and the mm-hmm. entertainment, but not then the connection with the, with the Braves. Yeah, well, and, and that's how we look at leasing. So if we are actively recruiting a restaurant or a retail place um, or service, they have to be able to survive 81 days of baseball and thrive, not just survive. And they have to be able to pull their own weight when there is no baseball. Um, so the experiences in the restaurants, you know, have to be great concepts, Um I mean, everybody wants great concepts. That's certainly not unique to us, but the situational um, of 81 days a year, hopefully 85 or more, (laughs) um, (laughs) it it does change the dynamic that from a traditional, say, mall lease. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, uh, and I guess then, uh, so you have shopping as well as restaurants or is it primarily restaurants or? It's primarily restaurants and entertainment, which I say just a touch of shopping, enough to keep it interesting for everybody when they're here. Like we have the only Mizuno store in the world. Um, and then we have Sugar Boot does, does housewares, dress up has like ladies clothing. Um, but it's, you know, enough to keep it interesting when you're coming for a game, but really it's a entertainment driven sort of project. So we have great restaurants. 
Uh, we've got a movie theater. We've got the Roxy with a um, hundred and some shows and events per year. Uh, so there's a lot going on. It's it's controlled chaos is what we like to call it. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And uh, during the game, and I guess now when we're uh, just one game back at the end of the season, it mm-hmm. must be pretty crazy over there. It is. And I think, you know, from the retailer's perspective, their question is always, you know, when are we going to play, say, postseason games? And the answer is, I don't know. Um, and that's the other thing, you know, having having people um, partnerships with these restaurants and stores where they understand what they're getting into. Um, you know, we could be playing a West Coast team or we could be playing, you know, an East Coast team, which changes what time we play. And are we home or away first? <laughs> Uh, so postseason is exciting, but it's also really challenging, especially for our um, tenants. Yeah, I can imagine. And uh, and it's that uncertain. Well, it's not the uncertainty. I mean, yeah, I guess there is uncertainty, but the inability to actually know exactly what day is going to be happening and what is the series of things that are going to be happening and then being able to staff up or staff down, depending, It's uh, that's got to be really an interesting challenge for them. Yes, it it is. And, you know, thankfully, I think six years later that we've all sort of been yeah. getting through this. Um, yep. And uh, we're getting better at it, I would say. But it is, you know, it's what, you know, if you clinch early, um, it makes it easier a little bit because at least you kind of know where you're starting. But then you're assuming that the other play- teams are already decided as well. So then you get into that home and away. And yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. And um, so uh, last year, world champions, uh, how did that uh, differ from prior years? Well, I mean, I'll tell you, it was not too shabby. Um, we'll take it. Uh, the first you know, time in 26 years that we'd won the World Series. Uh, and I really think it was our gift to all of Braves country because, I mean, it was such a celebration after 26 years. And um I don't think if you'd have asked any of us, we really, you know, we were talking about this before you and I were, I was like, nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to think too far ahead. Nobody wants to jinx the outcome. <laughs> but uh, it was such an unbelievable um, experience and ride. And I certainly, you know, did not start out in the world of sports. I started out, you know, in properties. So to be a part of this is, you know, unbelievable for me. Um and just to see the team go through that, it was it was very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was it was exciting for all of us, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, so is the uh, the off season? Does that differ very much from what you would do at like the Lenox Square Mall or some of the other properties that you managed? So, I think you know traditional retail is you know heavy, heavy in fourth quarter, and you know pretty even throughout the rest of the year. Um, I think what the retail industry would say is, you know, 60% of its fourth quarter. Mm. Um, ours is fairly, ours is a little different because obviously during baseball season, we we see large crowds 81 days a year and we are pretty even outside of that. Um, but, you know, our restaurants and all these guys do great business. Now we do two of our largest events, the tree lighting and new year's Eve in fourth quarter. Um, we have 15,000 people here for New Year's Eve, so it's a great time. Um, and then, you know, as most outdoor centers would tell you, January and February weather isn't, you know, the best. But sports here are huge in general outside of just baseball. Football season is huge. We mm-hmm. have 
we have several very large sports bars um, and they do uh, most of them are sold out, especially for the larger games, like the Florida Georgia game championship games. They do great business. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, actually I hadn't, you know, it's funny that you bring up, you know, a different sport like that. I hadn't even thought about, uh, you know, going to a sports bar that's near the Brave Stadium to watch football <laughs> or a soccer or something like that. That's definitely a different use of the of the facilities. Well, yeah, and think about, you know, we, we're at that point of the year where the Saturdays are also football Saturdays. So they you can reserve tables at live to go watch the Georgia game while we're playing baseball. And, I mean, people do it. Um, it they, they do great business with football. And, I mean, it is the South, so that is the the way we do it. That is definitely the way we do it. Yeah, <laughs> that is for sure. So um, so uh, what other kind of uh, special events do you put on other than uh, New Year's and Christmas uh, and the tree lighting? Anything else that's uh, a really big draw? We do things year round. So we do yo- free yoga outside on Monday nights. And that run- we usually run that from February to October. Uh, when the team is away on Sundays in the um, summer, we do farmer's markets. Um, and then we host a, a ton of charity 5Ks, um, different events on the weekends, um, live, which is one of our tenants here, does like a brew festival and a wine walk. And so we do well over 400 events if you add in concerts at the Roxy's mm. and baseball games every year. Um, so it's a pretty active campus. Well, 400 events is more than one a day. That is definitely. Well, yeah. Well, when you think about like we could have a 5K in the morning, be playing baseball in the evening and also have a concert at the Roxy. I mean, those are three major events, you know, in one day. And so, yeah, it's it's an active campus. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, you're also involved in the Warrior Alliance. Uh, Tell us a little more about that. So the Warrior Alliance is um, an MLB legacy project that we were able to bring here in 2021. It's a fantastic organization. Um, you know, for us, they're a tenant of ours, but they're also affiliated and do a lot with the MLB. Um, and just for people who aren't familiar, it's an umbrella organization that helps um, veterans of every branch connect with resources that they just may not know are ex- out there. So um, there's a lot of different veterans resources out there, but getting to them and having somebody help you facilitate and navigate um, is is a difficult process. And the Warrior Alliance does a fantastic job with that. They're a great organization. I certainly encourage everybody to check them out. Yeah. So is that uh, and there so there's a charity uh, uh, associated with that as well, or are they supported as well by the Braves or the MLB or? So there, it's a legacy project with MLB. So there is certainly some support there for mm-hmm. the Warrior Alliance, which is a nonprofit organization. Then the Warrior Alliance also does fundraising and, you know, gets grants and different things so they can help uh, facilitate all of these things. Um, they continue to grow. They do outstanding work. Um, but yes, yeah, so we, we do a lot with them in, in different capacities, whether it's um, letting them use some space to host uh, workshops or wounded warrior yoga. Um, you know, there's, there's anything we can do to support them. We, we certainly as an organization are actively doing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And, uh, and that's a, it's a definitely a wonderful cause, uh, to help out the, um, you know, the warriors, uh, because they're certainly, they certainly sacrifice a lot. And, mm-hmm. and I think you're right. I think, uh, baseball generally has done a lot for, uh, for, you know, the, the fighting men and stuff like that. So it, that makes a lot of sense. So you've done marketing now for malls and experiences, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is definitely very different than anything else. And then, uh, you're also doing some marketing for then, uh, for the Warrior Alliance uh, or, or not? No, they, they are oh, okay. their own organization. We certainly do, again, assist and work with them and their relationship with the Braves Foundation. They, mm. There's a lot of, um, you know, compatibility there and things and projects that they work on together, but they are their own organization. Oh, okay. Okay. And, um, because I could imagine, you know, that the nonprofit marketing would be very, very different. And then being a supporter of them, it'd be very, very fascinating. So what are you, uh, what are your key metrics? What are the things now going back to the battery? What are the key things that you uh, trying to achieve uh, every day, every week, every month? So, I, you know, going back to our earlier conversation about I don't sell anything, uh, me personally, and us as an organization, we're a landlord. So, I mean, we look at, you know, do we have the spaces leased? You know, are we, um, do we have tenants here? Are we at capacity? Um, and then we turn around like we're getting ready to do and build another building. Um, so we're building a 250,000 square foot building that's leased. So we'll, that'll go up hundred percent leased, which is fantastic. Um, we look at traffic. We look at the sales of the tenants because that is obviously a key factor. Mm. Like if the tenants are doing well, it's like everything. If they're doing well, then we're doing well and everybody's happy and they, and they stay and we want them to stay. Um, so all of the, those are kind of our big things. And so it's for me, from a marketing perspective, it's getting eyeballs on our messaging, which is very sort of experiential and look at all the fun things you can do here. Um, and then looking at what the traffic looks like on site, like we've steadily, um, increased our traffic over the years as the battery continues to grow and it's going to just keep growing. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think, um, you know, and, and plus uh, early on, it wasn't quite clear what, what the battery was, uh, when it was first put together with the new stadium. And then, then as soon as you see it, you go, oh, (laughs) you know, now I get it. Yeah, and, uh, I, think, I don't think people quite understood. I mean, the whole thing was to better the fan experience. It started, mm. that's, that's the, was the most important part of it was a better fan experience for Braves country before and after a game. So you start with that idea and then you want that experience 365 days. So uh, I think we've done a good job of curating that and building it where it, it, it can exist in and out of season. Um Mm. Yeah, it's it, we're, we're going to continue to grow. Um, you know, I, I never it would never surprise me for us <laughs> to build something else or to announce something else, because if it's the right thing for the property, then that's what we're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, what other similar types of properties exist that are like uh, the Battery Atlanta, uh, you know, around the country? So, there, you know, certainly there's other sports venues where they have great like um, the Bucks District out and then um, Texas Live. Mm-hmm. And the, so there's some great places. Uh, typically, though, the team doesn't own them. Mm-hmm. And for us, it was extremely important that we, when we did this, 
owned and managed the property because that way we do control the actual experience. Mm. It is a Braves Day experience. Um, and it was the first of its kind where the team actually built the development. Now, that is a model that all teams are looking at now. Um, we've toured 150 different teams through the property, showing them what we've built here. Um, and I think there's there's huge interest because when you see how this can work and how, you know, it can benefit the team financially, um, you know, that's at the end of the day, we're here to win, you know, another World Series. And that's how we're funding, you know, our ability to do that. Mm. So it must have been kind of a challenge, though, initially to get uh, retailers and restaurants to sign on to be able to say, well, what am I going to do in the off season? So you must have had a, a very interesting challenge at that point. So I, I think in the beginning, you, you had to start with the right people. Like you had to start with tenants who had an understanding of either being near or a part of um, like we started with live. Live's a great example mm-hmm. where they already have their own districts that are outside of large stadiums. So they understood now our relationship here is they're a tenant where they don't own the whole district. So that was new for them, uh, but mm-hmm. they understood what we were doing. And then, yeah, there was certainly a lot of people um, who bought in because they love the Braves. And, uh, you know, thankfully, even when working some like Garden and Gun magazine, they only own this restaurant here. So Garden and Gun Club is their only restaurant. But they mm-hmm. saw that Braves Country was their reader. Um, so, yeah, it was certainly, yeah. And and the ballpark was the most important thing. It had to be finished first. We had opening day to consider. So I know if anyone's like me where I came out opening day and I had not started here yet, um, and I, I, they didn't have a lot open because the focus was got to play baseball. Mm. in april yeah <laughs> had to be done that's kind of a uh, hard deadline <laughs> but yes that was absolutely necessary and so for the next you know year and a half we really just sort of opened the rest of the restaurants here and so i know the first couple years as as people came back it was a different experience every time because there was more mm. um so and we we're continuing to open things we've got battle and brew and um a couple others that are getting Polestar, which is um, an electric vehicle company um, that are getting ready to open. That's just, you know, even more um, cultivate food and coffee. Um, so we continue to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, as part of the AMA, so I'm on the board of the uh, Atlanta, the American Marketing Association in Atlanta. And we actually did an event uh, there as well, which was, uh, which was a lot of fun. And it, it really had opened my eyes up as to what could be done and how the, how the, the space could be used. And I think that that's the really cool thing that that's where we are now. Like, you know, we're, we, we were, we're a baby still as a company, but people are starting to look at the property to do say large meetings where they stay at the Omni or at the Aloft hotel. And then, they go over to the ballpark and they meet in one of the spaces in Truist Park. Uh, and then they do their big gala event at the Roxy. Um, so they, there's more and more of these meeting and event planners that are looking at this as everything's here. You never have to, you don't need a car. And that is very mm-hmm. different for Atlanta. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, a walkable bar district. So there's plenty for everybody to do. So we're seeing more of that. Um, like when the team's out of town, we'll have larger conferences that come in and rent the spaces. And so that's exciting to see as people discover how much they can do here and have a, be accomplished for especially corporate meetings. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to know how I can get uh, reservations for one of those rooms at the Omni overlooking the game. That's all I want to know. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, those are they're killer rooms. They're absolutely wonderful. Um, but yeah, that view uh, oh, it comes at a premium, I am sure. Yeah, well, and plus, you know, you could stand out there on the balcony and have a drink or whatever and watch the game, and uh, it just uh, looks like a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah. So what do you see then as big trends otherwise uh, in, in, in marketing and then for marketing of the venue over you the know, next I, couple I, of years? For property marketing, I think the interesting thing is how cyclical it's become <laughs> where uh, as, as an industry, they are back to focusing on interaction with guests where, you know, malls when they first built, you know, were pretty inside and they had fountains and then they slowly took all of those things out to put in a kiosk uh, and make more money. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's kind of come full circle where everybody understands that it is the experiential sort of um, guest ex- like entertainment that people remember. Uh, and like, I think the Braves do a fantastic job in the ballpark of like entertaining their fans, their, their fan and, and and it's outside the ballpark before the game. And that's something cool we get to do here. Um, but I think that those trends of all of that stuff coming back where it's making it a really cool experience for a guest, whether it's, you know, a surprise and delight kind of a thing, or they stumble across a farmer's market. Um, but it's a little bit like the world is, you know, we go in circles. Um, but I think it's a little full circle back to where what marketing in a public place used to be. Mm. Yeah, I've been uh, I I am so impressed with uh with the the in-game experience and then the pre-game experience in the battery that it just kind of so easily flows all together you get kind of the you know the psych of the you know the getting ready for the game and having a good time and there's people all around and there's noise and you know and different and interesting things going on and then you know obviously then with the goal to get to the game and and I hadn't really thought about it as a as an off season venue, so I'm going to have to definitely check that out. That's uh, going to be on my list here. Yeah, I mean, it's I think that we we try to keep things going all the time that people can um, come and enjoy. I mean, I look at it as like a farmers market for me. I want you to stay a little longer because mm. if you stay a little longer, you're probably going to eat lunch or maybe go to dinner or maybe grab a cocktail and walk around and look mm-hmm. at the stores. So, you know, we look at our type of marketing as extending the stay. Like, how how do I get you to stay just a little bit longer? So I don't need, like, a a well-known group, but I could do a nice little cover band out there. (laughs) And you would stick around. Um, So it's a different type of marketing, and it's a different way to look at it than traditional. Like, even even on the other side of my own business, you know, they're trying to put your a butt in a seat. Um, You know, they, they need to sell tickets. And that's that's a measurable thing where I just need you to buy another cocktail and maybe stay for 90 minutes instead of 60 minutes. Mm. 
So how do you track that? Do you uh, actually go out and, uh, and and track how long people are staying and whether that's going up or down? Um, we use a um, artificial intelligence program called Placer AI. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we, we've been doing that for the last couple of years because it is in an outdoor environment, especially in this particular environment. How do you track mm. pedestrian plus Uber plus plus parking? Um, and, you know, we're connected by all these bridges and, um, there's no great way to do that where, you know, in the brick and mortar world, you can put a tracker at a door and Mm. whether it's, you know, the light beam or whether it's, you know, looking down from above, you can actually count people. So that has worked out. We love, we love working with them. Like I'm a data nerd. I think most marketing people are. Yep. And being able to dig down into that and understand like that our average day is about 245 minutes, which is enormous. But the, the very cool part of that is it is the same out of season. So you would expect it to be like that for a game day. But I think what was surprising to us was that it's the same outside of a game day. Um, yeah, that is amazing. Well, in Placer AI, they have such a good that that product is awesome for. And I and as soon as you said it, I said, you know, of course it's what you would do. It's and, amazing. Uh, yeah, they really are. And what's funny is I think I did what all marketers do, and I was hand tracking, and I was using you know industry standard, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for USDOT for the number of people in a car, all that stuff. And when I first was talking to them and we ran the numbers, it validated a, that I knew how to do standard counting, <laughs> but it also, but I, I was, that impressed me because I'm yeah. like, we knew we were, we knew we were close, but being able to see it and understand it and then understand how they get the data and that they do self-validation and, and things like that was, was very cool. So we, we use it. I mean, you know, we look at our competitors, we look at us, gauge ourselves against, you know, other um, top shopping centers or top districts um, mm. out there. And um, definitely that, that stay time for us was um, eye-opening. Well, you said uh, 240 minutes. That's uh, that's four hours. And that does that include the game or is that just so in the – So uh, it is the same on a game day as it is on a non-game day. That is crazy. That it, is it, a, it, 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 I mean, that I think that was something we weren't expecting. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I get in there and crunch all the numbers and, and really pull it all out and look at it. And so we started tracking the, you know, in season versus out of season and the stay time. The variance is maybe three minutes. That it's, is incredible. Yeah. So, um, and, and you know, I, I think that there's just a lot to do here. So maybe you go to a movie and then if you're at a concert and, you know, there, there's a lot going on here that probably feeds into that um, and, and keeps it a little longer than most. Yeah. 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 Wow. That is, uh, that's really a, a, a very impressive. So um, uh, what is uh, one other big important thing that you'd like to see or haven't seen yet, or uh, that would relate to improving your overall marketing and activities over there? Um, you know, I think that, the thing that the reason I keep doing this job is because it's ever evolving and ever changing. And, you know, as soon as you figure out something, you know, like how to do, you know, your Google ad campaign, they change everything and you have to kind of start over. But to me, I like that. Um, And I think for me, the constant, 
figuring out how to market to, to everyone um, and do things effectively that mm. reach those audiences. Um, it is, you know, I, I don't know that there'll ever be a great answer for that, um, but I certainly accept the challenge. Yeah. Anything in uh, in uh, virtual reality or augmented reality you're thinking about? or So uh, Truist Park has uh, done that. Um, so they launched that earlier this year. And we've talked about how does the battery do that. Um, but then you, you that goes back to sort of coordinating chaos where <laughs> – for that to be really cool, what I would love it to do is if you were to walk into a restaurant and you ordered it, then Uber Eats would take it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we we face some challenges 81 days a year about getting an Uber Eats driver in and out of here. Um, but <laughs> I think that there's some really cool things out there, how that plays out for us. Because um, for us, I look at it like, how would that benefit my my stores and restaurants? Like, and what would be cool there, but that's, you know, 50 some odd different people trying to make decisions. And that certainly isn't mm-hmm. an easy task, but yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to do that at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you can get them from 245 minutes to uh, 200 and whatever, <laughs> that would be, it's just such an enormous amount of time. It's very impressive. It, it really is. And, you know, we even looked at it before we had the movie theater and, you know, maybe look at just the concert days. But I think it's just once you get here, you hang out and, mm. you know, walk around and, and people come, you know, with their friends and watch different games. So it's certainly um, we're proud of that. And we watch it very closely because uh, at first I was like, ooh, maybe it was just that year. And I'm like, no, that's that's our average. That's what we do, yeah. um, which just means that people love the property. And so and that's what we tried to build here was something that people wanted to be at. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder um, uh, because it is an experience and, you, you know, you look at, um, you know, you look at Disney World or some of the other kind of uh you know kind of i don't know what you call them like a pure entertainment certainly a theme park and yet you're almost you are an entertainment venue and uh you know you wonder how different or how similar the the marketing and and everything else is uh between them and what you're doing it, well you know that's a big animal right there uh when you start talking about the Walt Disney company and what they do to market mm. i mean like that's a crazy thing um where I feel like we're more traditional, but I certainly watch, I would say, other developers and how they market their their entertainment districts. Mm. Um, we, we are unique, and so it, it is a little um, different um, for us. But, I mean, like, we, we keep an eye on sort of the rest of the industry and how they're doing it. Um, and it is interesting to see where the entertainment districts are doing that, you know, true entertainment sort of thing where they're bringing in other stuff. And then I think that the mall industry has had to look at that and say, oh, we need to, <laughs> we need to do more. Um, yeah. They spent years cutting it out, um, mm. you know, because those things cost money with no actual return and uh, visible return in some cases. Um, and I think that that's where the community aspect of what we do got lost in some, yeah. some parts of yeah. our industry. So and how, uh, how did things go? Uh, um Coming out of COVID and COVID, I guess you were mostly closed down and then probably opened up before the, the Braves started playing again. And then uh, and then now you're back, I guess, at full capacity or full whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, 
We really, um, we were only closed. If you, if you say that, I mean, like as far as the property itself, there was a cut, there's about two weeks there where there was the mandatory sort of, Mm. and then all of our restaurants figured it out. And I think it was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen because no restaurant on this property had ever done DoorDash, Uber Eats, none Mm. of it because of baseball. Mm. Um, So they figured it out. I mean, at one point, Antico, you could buy three pizzas delivered to you on dry ice. Um, you know, which, so, I mean, they, they figured it out and it was a really impressive thing to watch with all of these groups. Like, how do you make people feel safe, um, and get the restaurants open and keep your staff working? Um, mm. and like places like the escape game, they were like, Hey, we've always sanitized after everybody went in through a room. So the different types of marketing and how they, you know, move forward. Um, and there, you know, there were hiccups like the, the movie theater was supposed to open in 2020 and well, there's no movies to release. So mm. we delayed that, um, until 2021, but as an outdoor venue, I think it was a huge benefit to us because people would go and just grab a pizza and then sit out on the Plaza green and have a picnic. And so on a, on a really nice day, it was fairly busy outside here. Yeah. Well, uh, kudos to you and kudos to the, uh, the venue or not the venue, but the restaurant owners yeah. and, and, and their ability to uh, pivot and, and respond to the challenge. That's, uh, you know, and I think everyone was in the same boat. Everybody's navigating mm-hmm. unfamiliar waters, but I do believe outdoor centers had some advantages. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, just because people felt safe to come out with their family because they could sit a little further away. Um, so we, you know, and having relationships with all the tenants and when we talk to people and they come in here, it's, it's a long-term, this is a partnership because mm. we we're looking for the right people and they got to love what we do as much as we love what they do. So knowing everybody well with, as a landlord, very helpful as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, before we close, is there anything else you'd like to uh, mention? Well, I would just love for everybody to come out and experience the battery like you did. Uh, like, I feel like we have a great time game day every day. Um, but, you know, there's there's so much to do here. And we just love it when I love it when I'm walking through the property behind somebody who's showing it to someone else that has never <laughs> been here um, because they just get excited about as excited about it as we do. So we look forward to seeing everybody come out and obviously supporting the Atlanta Braves as we hopefully get all the way to the world. That's right. Knock on wood. We got to get to the world series again. I'm ready. Well, we'll be out there in uh, a couple of weeks. We've got tickets to some of the playoff games. So we're very excited about that. So that's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Lauren, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's, it's fascinating to learn about marketing for, I I don't know if you'd call it non-traditional, but different. Uh, uh, different uh, things. So in, in marketing and experience as opposed to marketing Dove soap or something like that. Uh, very, very fascinating and really appreciate it. So uh, is there anywhere that, uh, that uh, you would want people to go to find out more about the battery? Sure. They can go to batteryatl.com and that, that's our handle on all social media as well. Battery ATL and just sort of check out what's going on here and the events that are happening. Um, 
learn more about us, learn more about like there's an event planner page that, you know, shows people what they can do here if they're looking to plan an event. Um, but yeah, check us out. Fantastic. Well, uh, so thank you so much. And otherwise, for the audience, please stay tuned for many other videos in this series of the backstory on marketing. And make sure you visit Battery Atlanta or BatteryATL.com, BatteryATL.com to learn more about the battery and what Lauren is doing in terms of really promoting the Braves and then, uh, of course, the battery and uh, here in Atlanta. And otherwise, for my book, more information on that, please go to marketingmachine.prorelevant.com, and you can download the first chapter of the book and uh, many other valuable excerpts. And don't forget to sign up for more episodes. And uh, in any case, rate this uh, rate this episode with five stars, and would be very much appreciated. Lauren, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.